Hello, this is Dr. Gary Miller, president of the University of Akron. We're honored to have you listen to our podcast series, Diverse Engineering, which would not be possible without the generous support of our gold sponsors, GPD Group and Continental. Before this remarkable podcast unfolds, we also want to acknowledge this episode's sponsor, the Rulin Company. The University of Akron and our community partners are committed to the success of students from around the world and in our own backyard. We're especially proud of the contributions and successes that have resulted from the hard work, determination, and dedication of our students of color. Please enjoy this podcast. Welcome to Diverse Engineering, a podcast series celebrating the contributions of minority engineers to the fields in engineering. My name is Ebony Bond, and I will be your host for this podcast episode, One Man's Hat Trick, The Rise of the Black Engineer in Akron, which is being delivered to you in honor of the 30th anniversary of the Ideas Program, a program that supports the success of students of colors in all fields of engineering at the University of Akron. Our podcasts are dedicated to Dr. Paul Lamb, a professor of engineering at the University of Akron, who dedicated his life to helping all students succeed, but had a special mission to increase diversity in engineering by cultivating the potential in minority students. Dr. Lamb founded the Minority Retention Program in 1990, which he later changed to the Ideas Program. The Ideas Program was further strengthened through the capable leadership of Dr. Ruby Mawasha, the current Assistant Dean of the College of Engineering and Polymer Science, Dr. Julie Zhao, the longest director in the history of the program, and most recently, the Director of Diversity and Inclusion of the College of Engineering and Polymer Science, Heidi Kressman. With Dr. Lamb's strong foundational organization, the Ideas Program has thrived for 30 years. We have an incredible guest with us today, but before we talk to her, I feel it's important to provide a backstory of the history of the minority engineer in Akron and the founding of the engineering program at UA that created a home for engineering students of color. The history of Akron is a narrative that includes the contributions of many, but particularly interesting in the story of minorities and their contributions to the entrepreneurial backdrop of this city. The history of the region, as described in the thesis of Sherla McLean, called The Contributions of Black in Akron from 1825 to 1975, highlighted the contributions of Blacks to the region and also validated the needs for programs, such as the Minority Retention Program and its successor, the Ideas Program, in order that minorities could finally complete their quest for engineering education. Akron, a community with foundations in the entrepreneurial spirit, was the base for several minority community members who show ingenuity in their day-to-day -day lives. From the early 1800s until the 1950s, minorities were rarely among the ranks of formerly educated engineers, but that did not stop them from demonstrating their creative engineering skills. George Stevens was born to parents who settled in Akron in 1857 after fleeing from slavery. Stevens had a light complexion and a mind dedicated to engineering. As a child, he was playmate to C.W. Cyberling because he passes white. And because of his lighter skin, he was able to attend Bucktail College, the precursor to the University of Akron, but dropped out of school because of financial problems and began working in the stove company. While there, 
He became acquainted with O.C. Barber, the match king of Barberton, Ohio, and eventually worked for his company as an engineer, even though he was not classically trained. Another amazing black inventor was Herman Poole, who tinkered in his spare time and created a motorized scooter. Using odd parts that he collected from General Tire and Rubber Company, he created his invention. He used a water pipe, a 20-year-old motor, a gas tank, and fenders from a spare tire cover and exhaust pipe formed from the handle of a sweeper. The machine could travel 25 miles per hour and ran 100 miles to a gallon of gas. Herman Poole called his motorbike Herpo. He earned worldwide recognition for his clever vehicle. Obviously, early minorities had to deal with racism, segregation, and unemployment. These conditions did gradually improve, but it took another 100 years before the University of Akron would have its first graduate in engineering. Harry Holcomb graduated from the University of Akron in 1959, and he had no idea that he was also making history. Early encouragement from General Motors as a high school senior provided Holcomb an opportunity to work for General Motors. He believes the opportunity came thanks to John D. O'Brien, the general manager at Inland Manufacturing Division of General Motors at the time, who agreed to have an African-American student work in his plant as a skilled trade apprentice, a first time for the company. It was also O'Brien who encouraged Holcomb to apply to the General Motors Institute, now Kettering University in Flint, Michigan in 1954. Holcomb passed the emissions test, but GM made him an offer that was hard to refuse. The offer, he could attend GMI and pay his way or receive a full five-year scholarship to attend the University of Akron. Holcomb knew he would be making history and breaking barriers at GMI, but was not interested in the pressure that will follow him if he went to GMI, especially given the recently decided landmark U.S. Supreme Court case, Brown versus the Board of Education. So he chose to attend the University of Akron. As a student, Holcomb was a Renaissance man, becoming a member of Tau Beta Pi, the Engineering Outer Society, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers, ROTC, and several arts groups. His hard work ethic paid off and eventually he received a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. He said that he was not subjected to any poor treatment and found the students and faculty to be very supportive. So uneventful was his graduation from the program that it took him nearly 50 years to learn that he was the first African-American to graduate from the College of Engineering at the University of Akron. Soon after graduation, Holcomb went into active duty. After his service, he went on to work at GM while completing his MBA and was on the team that created the preliminary engineering designs for airbags, a new safety feature in 1970. Eventually, Holcomb joined GM's corporate personnel staff to recruit students in historically black colleges and universities. Harry spent the rest of his career with General Motors, working on various corporate staffs, including engineering, transportation systems, and economics. Prior to 1959, few minorities could be found in the field of engineering. But as the next decade began, more minorities began enrolling in engineering courses at the University of Akron, including Walter Head, Archie Berry, and Leroy Bronner, who all graduated soon thereafter. As issues began to arise because minorities were trying to enter the engineering field, the need for additional support became evident. 
When the Minority Retention Program began in 1990, it was part of a regionally successful university, the University of Akron. As the University of Akron began to transform its identity from a regional to research powerhouse, the Minority Retention Program became an important part of increasing diversity in engineering and support of local industry, but also quickly gained national status as a source of top engineering talent by companies from around the world. In today's podcast episode, One Man's Hat Trick, The Rise of the Black Engineer in Akron, we will talk with Jane Lacey, a graduate of Minority Retention Program in 1996 at the University of Akron with a chemical engineering degree. As a student, Jane was incredibly involved, serving as a member of the American Institute of Chemical Engineers and as president of the National Society of Black Engineers. During her time as a student, she was most influenced by her favorite professor in chemical engineering, Dr. Max S. Willis. Jane considers him an important part to her success within the chemical engineering program and maintained contact with him throughout her life. In 2007, Jane completed a Master of Business Administration in Strategic Marketing from the University of Akron. Besides her current role as an associate consultant for Progressive Insurance in Mayfield Heights, Ohio, Jane has held various roles in engineering, which include process engineer, development engineer, tire designer, applications engineer, and senior R&D project manager and global product manager. In addition, Jane holds several board positions and serves on the Ideas Advisory Council, as well as positions within her church. Jane, I'm looking forward to speaking with you on our podcast today. Let us start by talking a little bit about your journey to where you are now in the history of the Minority Retention Program, which is part of why we're celebrating 30 years of minorities in engineering. So um, my first question is, do you think there was evidence in your childhood that pointed to you being an engineer? No. Um, looking back at my childhood, I would say, well, I... I was I have always been into sci-fi or science fiction. So as a child, I, I read a lot of books. Um, I it really loved TV more so than instead of going outside to uh, to play, I wanted to watch TV. And the things that I watched were um, like Lost in Space, which just, just celebrated, I, I guess, 55 years since it first aired. So, you know, it was it was pretty old back yeah, then when I was watching it. Okay, Lost in Space, <laughs> The Monsters. So I always enjoy science fiction. So to go into a science uh, related or a STEM field, yes, I can look back at my childhood and, and see that um, it led its way to me becoming an engineer. Interesting. Did you play with any toys that, you know, or was it just like your attraction to science? Operation. Okay. I, I played the the game of Operation. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I yes, I love sci-fi. Okay, cool. So the title of this podcast episode is One Man's Hat Trick, The Rise of the Black Engineer in Akron. Tell us how this applies to your life and career. Um, let's see. Um, looking at the title here, One Man's Hat Trick, um, that puts me in the mind of um, a magic act. Um, I went to a magic show a, a few years ago. It was pretty interesting. Puts me in the mind of a magic act. Um, you have one person, one man's hat trick. He is pulling out, he could be pulling out a rabbit, pulling out scar, pulling out giant objects as you would see on, on TV. Um, but he is being resourceful. He's 
he's doing something, bringing something out of nothing. And as far as um, a black engineer, rising as a black engineer, many times you go into um, these fields, or with my experience, um, I was one of only few, maybe two black people within the classroom. Mm -hmm. And um, others, of course, they they gravitate towards, you know, their friends or or who they're more alike. Mm -hmm. Um, Myself and my friend Wendy at the time, we were both chemical engineering majors. Um, We were always together. So it was just us. We had to come up with our own resources. And when we weren't in class class together, we had to make our own magic, figure out things ourselves and pull that rabbit out of the hat to to make it happen for a Mm -hmm. test or to find those... um, practice tests around who has this practice test or, you know, just finding your resources. So I would say uh, that the title of this really fits because as a black engineer, you're making your own magic. You're, you're, you're reef you're fighting for your resources. You're trying to come up with your resources out of, mm-hmm. out of nothing. Are, are there any magic tricks of yours that you're most proud of? Like something that you put out of the hat and making something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say just making friends, um, pushing my way into those, um, I won't say clicks or bubbles that, of people mm-hmm. that were so tight, tight together and, you know, with, didn't want to be forthcoming with the information. So using my personality, using the fact that, hey, I'm here to learn. I'm here to study. I'm here to become an engineer. I can help you. You can help me. Let's help each other. Okay. So I would say just so a little bit of personality, way. personality, yes, negotiations, negotiation, right? And, yeah. and and you know they're watching me. I know they're watching me to see, you know, how's she doing with her test? Is she happy after a test? Is she sad after a test? You know, just watching mm-hmm. me and realizing, hey, she she is about something. You know, I made a, a number of friends. Uh, one guy in particular, I worked with him recently at um, um, General um, Electric or okay. GE. So okay. still a friend to this day. Interesting. Didn't it feel good though to say, ta-da. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ta-da. <laughs> Look what I just pulled out of my head. You didn't think that was coming. <laughs> um, uh, what role did others play in your journey to becoming an engineer? And even, you know, think also about strangers on okay. your journey. I would say, um, let's start with a stranger, uh, Judy Resnick. I was just watching on Netflix, um, there's a documentary about Judy Resnick. She went up in the Challenger in 1984, and the Challenger exploded. I was in the eighth grade. I remember watching as it happened, sitting there thinking, wow, this is a, a, a woman, she's a she has a, a she's a doctor in electrical engineering. She's from Akron, Ohio. She's an astronaut. She did all of this in um, a career that you mostly see guys in or men in. Mm-hmm. And here she is. She's going up in the space shuttle. Mm-hmm. So as a stranger, I, I knew looking at her, it was possible for me as a woman. Mm-hmm. As far as a more influence um, influences within my life. I, um, you mentioned Dr. Max S. Willis. Mm-hmm. They called him Max the Axe back when I was um, here at the university. That don't sound like a professor you want to have. <laughs> right. And I, 
I purposely went to him and asked him to be my advisor because I knew I had to get through engineering. Mm -hmm. I was determined to get through, mm -hmm. and I knew I was kind of afraid of him. Mm -hmm. And by asking, you know, him to be my advisor, you know, I would be afraid to fail, you know, for him. And he said yes. He looked at me like I was crazy at first, and then he said, okay, well, just go to the college and just request me. And I, I wasn't doing it to uh, get special treatment, you know, for him to tell me. I just needed him to give me that push. We became really, you know, really good friends. I respected him. Mm -hmm. um, he came to my wedding. We, oh, wow. Yes, he came to my wedding. And we still, um, up until last year, we, we still sent um, Christmas cards to each other. So, and of course, another influence, Dr. Dr. Lamb. Without him, this program started. Who knows if I would have made it through. So definitely Dr. Lamb. Mm. So mm. you were seeking accountability to make yourself better. Accountability, yes. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at some point you, you know, may have been taught to fit in, but have you ever had a moment where you did not go along to get along? Mm -hmm. And what happened? So, um... I would say I, I speak my mind, of, of course, respectful. Um, it, within a job, of course, you're, um, you, you need to fit in. People need to like you to get what you need, you know, politics, basically. Mm -hmm. um, now, if I see something that's not right within a job, I will say something. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll stand back here, see what's going on, and, and try to figure out the best way to approach it. Uh, one particular situation, um, I, I was new within a company, mm -hmm. and I was uh, with my boss in the in a meeting. It was my boss, myself, uh, my counterpart, and a young younger engineer, mm -hmm. and I was uh, a senior project manager. So I, I'm not sure what exactly was going on with the project, but I saw my boss just really lay into young engineer and to the point where this young man he was going to cry in the meeting and then I just remember you know just stopping my boss and then and just like putting my hand up to you know the young man and said hold on and from there on I was like how are you how are you just going to you say this and and then it was my boss me defending this person and my boss in myself going back and forth mm -hmm. so um i knew at that point that it would wouldn't be a popular mm -hmm. you know it wouldn't be popular mm -hmm. but um i don't like bullies mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. i i stood up for him when no one else would and he he was very appreciative of it and i would do it again and i have done it <laughs> many times before and many times after so uh, fitting in i would go along with the program but just don't don't dis disrespect anyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How's that worked out? Like, how, what happened after? Um, so, of course, my boss, he, you know, he respects me. Well, he respected me, and uh, we had a good relationship even after that. And he said, I, I know you, uh, you speak your mind. Okay. And everyone loves you. And I, it, even when I left the company, um, he said, I, I hate to see you go, and um, I really respect you, and I really enjoy working with you. Your personality is on point, and so. So, 
How do you think that the minority retention program at the University of Akron contributed to your success? Well, uh, we called it MRP back then. So MRP, it provided it provided a place for all of us as engineering students to go. At, at first, it was like, okay, so you're going to give us a scholarship for making our grade. We have to study together. Do we really have to, you know, sign in and make our hours per week and, and study together and go to these workshops? Then getting in there and going to our classes, realizing we, we really did need help because we couldn't get help necessarily from our classmates. Mm -hmm. So we bonded together. We formed our own study groups. So I would say it was a support system. Now, in addition to, you know, you, you made your grades, you got your, your scholarship at the end of the semester, but it was more so a support system. We made for lasting friendships. Um, three of the young ladies were my bridesmaids in my wedding, and we travel um, to this day. We, we do go, girls' trips to this day. That's really cool. Uh, I, I talked to a, one of them a few nights ago. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. We'll have to get like a, a big sister, little sister, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll get my little gang mm -hmm. or crew mm -hmm. of engineering students mm -hmm. and we can hijack that trip. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, so what do you think is the biggest challenge that you had to overcome as an engineer today and how did you overcome it? Uh, being accepted, being taken seriously. Um, starting out, I did, and I was timid starting out. I wasn't that uh, person that we just talked about fitting in. Mm -hmm. You know, well, when do you not fit in? I wasn't that person starting out. Um, I remember um, in one job, I was the engineer for um, this one project. And I, I went into the meeting with the, the union members and the, um, the supplier that we had coming in. And they did not address me one time. But one person was like, you get up there. You're the engineer. You get up there. And he was trying to push me along. And I was like, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, so being accepted. And, and I experienced that in other, other companies or other jobs. Uh, going into a job and the union members doing little things to try to make it seem like I don't know what I'm talking about or, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I would call them on it like, um, yes, you you actually sabotage that because if you think about it, and then I would break it down to how I know that they they were doing things. So just being accepted. One thing um, which struck me um, the most was I would say within the past mm, six years, I went on a business trip. Okay. At the same company, um, I was a senior project manager with okay. this company. Where you stood up for the guy. Mm -hmm. okay. I went on a, a business trip, uh, and I remember, you know, talking to uh, our different um, suppliers or the, the, the people that worked along with us and used our products. Okay. So um, the one guy, he pulled me aside, and he said, so are you really an engineer? I said, yes, I have a degree. It's a real degree. Yes. Where did you get your degree from? I said, the University of Akron. Hmm. I lived in Akron years ago, and engineering wasn't offered at Akron. 
I said, well, I'm sorry, but I graduated from the University of Akron. I don't know when you went to Akron or you, when you lived in Akron, but it is offered in Akron. So he just continued with the questions and continued with the questions. Then it was like, oh, okay, and he just walked away. Mm-hmm. So just things like that, things of um, being accepted as mm-hmm. a, or an engineer and, and not, you know, being questioned. Mm-hmm. That was, that's been the hardest. Mm-hmm. Lack of respect. Respect, yeah. right. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, so what do you do to overcome that? Like, how do you cope with that? Uh, try not to, try to stay positive. Try to not feed into it and respond with negativity. Try to be the, the better person and say, hey, I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I have the degree. I put in the work for it, and it was hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hard getting through Max the X, his mm-hmm. class. <laughs> Max the X. Okay. I had so what, two classes. So you say you asked him to be your advisor. What project did you end up doing? Just curious. Uh, no, it was an advisor. He, he was the advisor, my undergrad advisor, Gotcha. So, but he, I had him for two classes, transport phenomena. And those were what, what you call the weed out courses. I had him for part one and part two. And you would take his um, class and it was, it wasn't, it wasn't odd for a person to get like a 30% on a test. And you still would be at a C or B, but you have, you would have learned so much because of the way he, he taught transport phenomena. Cool. And I still have my, um, my books from, my book from his class and also the notebooks that I had. I, I still have that. Oh, wow. I got rid of everything else, but I still kept that. <laughs> I got rid of it all. I did that Marie Kono thing. And it was like, if it don't bring you joy, throw it out. I ended up throwing away everything. <laughs> but, yeah, it's neither here nor there. So uh, what do you think is the typical depiction of an engineer? <sighs> a nerd. A nerd. A nerd. Um, very geeky, very unsure. Um, I would say, in a nutshell, that would be what people would think an engineer Okay. Yes. Is there anything about you that doesn't fit into the typical engineer mold? Or? So um, I would say also with that um, person, the engineer personality, as I said, needy, uh, uh, nerdy, uh, geeky. I would say back when I was in high school, I hated being considered a nerd or a geek, mm-hmm. but I love it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my sci-fi still. <laughs> Sci-Fi Saturday night on MeTV from 8 p.m. to 4 o'clock in the morning. I still do that. but The, the one, whole time. Mm-hmm, I, I doze off and on. <laughs> but the one thing I would say, um, an engineer, they analyze and analyze and assess the risk and then analyze and try to take the risk out. So um, I, like, I like risk. I, I know that... Um, when I'm in my job, I need to do that analyzing, taking the risk out and everything. But in my personal life, um, I've never been skydiving, but I want to do that. I would love mm-hmm. to do that. Okay. I've done um, zip lining in Jamaica oh, wow. uh, where you, you would think you would be afraid to. You, you should be analyzing it like, is this safe? 
are, is that going, will that hold me? And, you know, instead of analyzing all that, I'm like, let's do it. So I would say maybe a, a typical engineer wouldn't be gung-ho for just say, forget about the risk, let's just do it. So I'm, I'm a risk taker. That's so interesting because I used to love roller coasters, but after I studied engineering, I don't view them the same because I, I know mechanical failure can happen off of something. I being try not offered. to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> I just, I just, Please don't let me be the one. <laughs> mechanical failure could be near. Um, yes. So, uh, what are you most proud of in your career and in your personal life? Uh, career. Um, my career has been very diverse. I have a chemical engineering degree, but I've done chemical engineering. I've um, had a job doing mechanical engineering work. I've had a job doing electrical engineering work. So I'm very diverse. Um, and also in my career, I went on to get an MBA in marketing, product manager at a, a technology company, um, senior um, product manager. I travel, I've traveled the world uh, talking about our products, how they work, how they would be best for a, a certain system. So I would say my career, my career path being diverse and just growing on itself. Mm -hmm. it, personally, um, I guess everything about, you know, married, I love my dog. So personally, just life, just life. Um, so what is your best advice for other underrepresented engineers? I would say if you're interested, um, take the chance, become that engineer. Um, when, when people tell you you can't do it or when people, they, they may not tell you directly, but they may show you through their words or their actions. Don't let that bother you. Just keep on. Just keep on striving. Uh, competing with compete with yourself if you have to mm -hmm. but just keep on mm -hmm. was there any other words or pieces of advice you'd like to leave people with um i would say um thinking back i do not regret uh becoming an engineer i i love it i know i'm in marketing now i've gone over to product uh, product management however i always stick close to technology companies because engineering is in my in my heart so engineering is in your heart go for it and just find ways to to keep it there even if you go on to get a, a different type of degree or you can you know help different organizations or volunteer for different organizations to make sure the uh, young kids coming up will also be interested in STEM. My name is Melissa Cardew, and I want to thank you for listening to Diverse Engineering. Because of the Ideas program, I received the Arthur F. and Carol M. Anton Scholarship. It reduced my financial need and paved the way to academic success. If you would like to make a difference in another Ideas student's academic career, please text IDEAS30 or IDEAS30 to 41444 or give online at uakron.edu slash giving slash ideas30. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Diverse Engineering. I want to thank GPD Group and Continental for their generous support of this podcast series. And I'd also like to thank the Ruling Company for sponsoring this episode. Lastly, thank you to podcast host Ebony Bond, 
podcast editor David Campbell, manager at WZIP Chris Kepler, and the College of Engineering and Polymer Science for making this podcast a reality. I'm Dr. Gary Miller, president of the University of Akron. Remember to aim high and rise higher. Go Zips.